You may be seated so powerful. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. We get to do that. How awesome is that? I'd walk back to the back and pick my phone up and was watching on Facebook for just a second and heard, the, uh, heard that line in one of the songs, my failures don't define me. I like that. Our failures, our failures don't define us. Your Father does. Think about that for just a second. Your mess-ups don't define who you are. The mistakes that you've had, the problems, the commitments you've made to God, the promises you've made to God, and the times you failed Him. We all fail. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. It's not an excuse to. Do we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. But guys, that doesn't define who we are. That doesn't, that doesn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't control the course, it could, shouldn't control the direction, it shouldn't control any of that. God does. We get back up, He dusts us off, puts us back out there. This morning, that's what we're talking about. We're reading through the book of Philippians together, we're reading it over and over and over, and I pray that you are. If you're not, start. It's very simple. It's easy to do this year. It's not hard. Not like you're, you're snowballed and you're, what, 14, 15, or 16, I don't know, days into a reading plan that you're behind. You're not behind one bit. Just pick up the Word of God, your copy of the Word of God, and start reading. You're not behind. It's easy. You know, even that, that snowballing feeling of, well, I didn't read last, yesterday, and I didn't read... The day before, now I'm, what, 10, 12 chapters behind, and I'll never catch up. Oh, well, I'll try next year. Don't do that. Get back in the Word. Pick it up today. Pick it up today. Pick it up now. Go with me over to Philippians. Look at Philippians. Here's the thing. This past Wednesday night, we were talking. If you've not started your year off, let me go ahead and tell you. If you've not come in on Wednesday night, you're missing a blessing. I can't tell you that enough. You're like, well, I don't want to come and... Go through a prayer meeting. The prayer meeting part that you would have originally thought of and have originally grown up with, you've got three minutes of that, okay? You're, you're missing an absolute blessing and a gift from God. Almost this many people are in there. There's a ton of folks in there. If you're not there, you are missing an opportunity just to go deeper and to discuss the Word of God. This past uh, Wednesday night, we talked about just various themes that you can find in the book of Philippians. And we popcorn, we, we just allow, what are some themes as you're reading through? What are some themes you're seeing? What are some, what are some conversations that regularly pop up? And, and, and so many good ideas came. I spoke on unity. I sort of had in my mind the, for that Wednesday night, we was going to kind of talk about unity. And, and you know unity is so there. Guys, we can't we can't put ourselves first. Here's the deal. We're not going to get along if I'm the center of the universe. You ever wondered why you don't get along with people? Could it be because you may be the center of the universe in your own mind and their opinions don't matter and their ideas are no good and their thoughts and their answers just aren't as good as yours? Are you that person? That doggone it, well, I know they just got to agree with me. Are you that person? Well, that may be the reason you have people problems. It's not the other people, it's you. Because, I mean, you're right there. Look, this, is, well, this ain't where I was going, but this is where we're at. 
Look at Philippians 2. We're reading it over and over and over, and it challenges our, it challenges our selfishness. It challenges our, our mind of thinking all about ourselves because the Bible says clearly, do not do nothing, verse 3, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Listen. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have the attitude which Christ had. Guys, it's very, very simple. Do what the Word of God, do what the Spirit of God commands us to do. We regularly hit a brick wall. I go out and I try to do what the Bible says do. Here's the deal. Are we changing anything? The book's not going to change. Isn't that interesting? you saying the same stuff my mom and daddy used to say. She was my Sunday school teacher when I was a kid, and she thumped me on the head then, and she thumped me on the head all my life. She was probably reading from the same book you got in your lap. Book don't change. We got to. Did you hear that? Book don't change, we've got to. The Word of God's not changing, we've got to. We've got to conform to the image of His Son. We've got to stop our course, stop our direction, if it's in contradiction to what it clearly says. There's some of us out here that my failures don't define me. Some of us, and maybe even in this room, won't move forward because of something that happened in the past. There's some of us literally in this room won't move forward because of a mistake you made yesterday. And, and here's the deal. It could be bad and it could have hurt people, but you're still here. God's not done. People, Christians wake up every single day of their life with a gift of life, with a gift of that day. Whoa, I just can't. Holding on to that. Can't go there if we're still dealing with this. We can't be who he wants us to be if we're still dealing with this. That's not who you are anymore. That was a mistake you made yesterday. You hear that? God, God don't hold you against four days ago, four months ago, four years ago. Guys, for some of you, we're talking 10, 20, 30, 40 plus years ago it happened. You've got to live with it, but you can't just live in it. Move on. Can't be who God needs you to be right now for such a time as this if you're going to continue to wallow in the pity, self-pity, self-oh-me, self-I-should-have, I-would-have-done-better, self-I-messed-up, I'm-no-good, bless my heart. Get up and go. You say, Brother Shannon, why are you saying, listen, churches are full Churches are full of this very issue. You remember, you remember uh, one of the things, Keith Farron said a couple of things that was really, really, really cool. That's the reason I got him here. It was really for three points he made. Yes, to get us reading the Bible the way we're currently reading it in a way. But guys, there's a defense. I'd never heard that. 46 years on this earth, 20-something years of preaching, I'd never. I'd always open the Word and wonder why my phone would always ring. 
I would open up the Word of God and sit there and struggle with, hey, I need to check something, or hey, I need to call somebody, or hey, squirrel. That's all of us. And I forgot there's a defense. The devil don't want us in the Word. The devil don't want us in his Word. But you know what? Also this morning today for that very concept, the devil don't want us moving forward. The devil don't want us to continue. The devil don't want us to live in the freedom that we currently have as Christians. The devil wants us to say, well, this is all I am, and this is just who I am, and I can't do no more. I, I, I can't speak, I can't teach, I can't learn, I can't serve, and no, I'm, this is not a, this is not go sign up to be a Sunday school teacher. We don't need it. We need people to take on the nursery, but we don't need Sunday school teachers. We're not going on any missions currently. This ain't, hey, he's wanting me to sign up to go on a mission trip. has nothing to do with that. Guys, no, this is just simply be who God saved you to be right there in the, in the world, in the patch, in the moment, in the system and situation that you currently find yourself in. Shine bright. Be vocal. Be bold. Don't just sit there and mold and be, be shaped by. We don't be shaped by our surroundings. We don't be shaped by our failures. We're shaped by who he says we are. Look over in chapter 3, in chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. Listen to this. You've read this. Some of you, those of you that are reading it over and over and over, you're saying to yourself, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that part. Listen to what it says. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. Jesus, my Lord. Guys, everything in, 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 in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus as Lord, everything else fails in comparison. Our status, our name, our money, our family, our resources, our strengths, our abilities, our failures. It all fails in comparison. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. And listen to verse 9. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness on my own derived from the law. The law was about works. The law was about doing certain things to be made right in the eyes of God. Guys, we can't do anything to be made right in the eyes of God. You can't work for your salvation. You can't give enough to earn your salvation. You cannot forgive one mess up because of your goodness, because of your baptism, because of the... the we got 50-something on, on at conference right now. Guys, that's not washing off any sins of those kids. The chaperones is taken out of their weekend to go. That's not cleaning off any sins. That's not, that's not working for anything. That's out of obedience. We get to do those things. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, derived from the law, verse 9. But what, that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on a basis of faith. Look again at verse 10. That I may know him. 
The best thing you got going for you, the only thing that will take you into eternity, the only thing that matters about us is knowing Him. Everything else is rubbish. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death in order that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 is sort of where we're going and on. Notice Paul wrote 13 books of the, of, of the Bible that you have in front of you. Paul himself on the road to Damascus going to load up going to load up Christians and to throw them into prison. He had letters from the high priest to go and do this. He was commissioned. He was a zealot. He was passionate about defending his faith, but he was defending it the wrong way. He was fighting against Christ, not for Christ. And God met him there, and he changed him, and he took that passion, and he turned it, and God used him in a powerful, powerful way. And he, uh, the missionary journeys that we read about in Acts, Paul did so much. He went out and did amazing things. He went out and preached the gospel to all people. He says, look, I've done everything. I have fully preached everything I know to preach. And look at what he says in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on. So that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We press on. He continued to move forward. He continued to, I've not there yet, I've not arrived yet, I've not gotten to a place yet, I've got to get up and go today just like I got up and went yesterday, just like I got up the day before and went, and oh well, I made mistakes, I fell short, opportunities that I should have, I didn't, things I knew I should ought not to have, I did, but here I am, I woke up again today. If you're here today, God's not finished. If you're here today, God's not done. He knows yesterday. He knows that junk. He knows that junk nobody else knows. And you're still here. He knows that stuff nobody else knows. And you're still here. Go with me over to Luke. Luke chapter 4. Do you realize that if Jesus hadn't told the disciples this, both Matthew tells us about this, Luke tells us about this, we know Luke, Luke was not an eyewitness. Luke was not an eyewitness of the account of what Jesus did and said. No, it says over in Luke chapter 1, "...and as much as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well. Having investigated everything carefully from the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus. 
Luke was not an eyewitness to the accounts of Jesus. Luke did not see the transfiguration. Luke did not see the feeding of the 5,000. Luke did not see the healing. He did not see Jesus walk on water. Luke saw none of this, but all of these people literally did. In Luke's accounts, interesting, both Luke and Acts are very interesting accounts because they give not just an eyewitness account, but they give a, a, a whole group. Luke was like, a, like a, a newspaper guy. He went around and he said, tell me what happened. And they said, this is what happened. And he went and he said, tell me what happened. And this is what happened. And he went around to all these people and whatever all of these people are saying, that's what he wrote down. And he tells us, he said, I wrote it down in consecutive order. Oh, excellent Theophilus. But when you get to chapter 4, something very interesting happens. There was no eyewitness account to what we're about to read. Jesus, after his uh, baptism, after he goes to John the Baptist, John the Baptist gives us, Matthew gives us the other portion, sort of the other behind the scenes of what took place. We know Jesus' earthly ministry when he was 30 years old. John was baptizing there in the Jordan, and Jesus came walking toward him. We find this. This isn't new, made up. This is in the book of Matthew. Jesus comes walking up, and he says, I want to be baptized. And John the Baptist was like, no, I need to baptize you. And Jesus was like, look, know that prophecy will be fulfilled, that righteousness would be fulfilled. It has to be done this way. So John permitted it. He baptized him. And as he rose up, the Holy Spirit of God came to send it down upon him like a dove. And he gets up, and he goes into the wilderness he goes into the wilderness and he, the Bible says, Scripture says, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness to where he is tempted for 40 days. Where he fasts for 40 days, Scripture says at the very end he's hungry. Angels come and minister to him. But he's very, very hungry. I can't imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine where he was? And Christ, different, we have to remember, we have to allow ourselves to to separate our He is only God and realize that biblically, yes, He was completely fully God, but while He was here on this earth, He was completely fully human. I don't get it, I don't understand it, and neither does anybody else. We can say those words, but to wrap our mind and fully comprehend the the. What that really means, we don't get it. Because here's the thing. We always say, yeah, but at that moment he pulled out the God card. No, he didn't. He didn't. Could have called down legions of angels, but he didn't. At any moment he could have done so much, he could have said, no. He could have said, it is finished long before he said it was finished. But he didn't. Fully tempted in all ways fully tried in all ways we have a savior we have a god that understands everything listen everything you've ever done jesus was somehow by satan we don't understand it i can't wrap my mind around it but he was somewhere somehow tempted in all the very same ways did you hear what i just said the same ways that you and I are tempted and the same ways that you and I are attacked are the same exact ways that the God of this universe were attacked by the devil himself. And we sit back and we half-hearted put our half-hearted effort into it and we think that we're going to get forward. 
we, we give just a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him just a little bit of time. Or, hey, I need to read real quick. Read this devotion real quick. Okay, let me go through the rest of my day. And we expect ourselves to move and be exactly who God desires us to be. Guys, how much effort are we putting forth being obedient to Christ and walking in obedience to Christ and being in the Word and being in prayer and being in intercession and being a disciple and being a follower? I can't answer that. A lot of us, because of a mess up or because of a fear or because of a doubt or because of some lie Satan has said to you or to me, we do not move forward because of it. I want you to look at the account. I want you to read it. Look over. Look at what happened to Jesus, God himself. This is not just any old body that the enemy came to. And you say, well, well, the devil's just attacking me. Duh. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He's coming at you with everything he's got. But you're more than a conqueror over him because of what Christ did. Well, life is just hard. What do you think it is? Well, I just thought it would be easy. That, who told you that? The book never did. Well, I just thought things would get better. This book don't say that. I just thought it'd be simpler. This book don't say that. Our fallen mind, because me, 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 me wants easy, 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 easy. And me, me, me want what me, me, me like. Look at, look at chapter 4. The disciples weren't here. The disciples were not here. So how did all the people know? How did Matthew know to write about it? How did Mark know to reference it? How did Luke know to go around to all the people so that, oh, excellent Theophilus would have an orderly account of exactly what happened to Jesus? How did everybody know that this even happened? You know how? Because Jesus told them. Why did Jesus tell them? Because we needed to know this, y'all. We needed to know that he's not going to stop. We needed to know that, hey, if he's going to come after him, don't you think that he's going to come after us? He, he attacks our weaknesses. The enemy attacks our weaknesses. He attacks us with, with, with twisted and, and out, misinterpreted scripture. He attacks us with promises of grandeur and promises of all these things. And he just lies and whispers and do all that. You say, I, I don't know about all that. Look at what he did to Jesus. Verse 1, beginning in chapter 4 of the book of Luke, says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, not even one of us in this room truly understand what that means. This was God, God himself, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. This just ain't right, preacher. He won't leave me alone. Did you hear that? For 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. I'm not talking, yeah, well, he could have done something and he could have made, just took that. No, he literally felt hungry. 
And the devil said to him, verse 3, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. Notice how in each one of these, guys, he was tempted for 40 days by the devil, Scripture tells us. Jesus told eyewitnesses that this is exactly what happened, and three of them made it into the Word. These three temptations made it into the Word, but for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. And notice how each one of the temptations, he did not, Jesus did not go to Facebook, he did not Google it, he did not go to best friends, he went to the Word. We respond to the enemy with the Word. We respond to temptation with the truth of Scripture. Not how we feel about it, but the Word of God that clearly says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Who we, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Get behind me, Satan. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Satan, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. In context, I am weak. In context, I am down. In context, text of what Paul is literally talking about there. Listen, I don't know all the answers, but I know Christ is with me, and I can do all things with Jesus. At the name of Jesus, he has to flee. Give him the word. Notice what Jesus said. Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. That should have stopped it, right? No! He came back, he says again, and he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I'll give you all this domain and its glory. Notice this verse. Notice this word. Notice what it's about to say here. And I give it to whomever I wish. Look around the world, y'all. Look around recorded history, y'all. Look around. Prince and power of this air is the devil. And he told Jesus, hey, I have authority to give power to whoever I want to. Let that, let that be the backdrop of our history books. Let that be the backdrop of our of our thinking about why are things the way they are? Why would that happen? Why would, why would, why would? The devil said to him, I'll give you all this domain and its glory, for it's been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written. He didn't give him an opinion. He didn't give him what he'd heard. He didn't give him how he felt. He gave him the word of God. He gave him scripture. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Preacher, I want to know how to make it. There's nobody in this room unless you are just... Totally ignoring what I'm saying. You cannot sit there and say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live. I don't know how to act. I don't know how to respond. It is just too hard. The temptation is too hard. I just want to. I mean, I couldn't help it. I made a mistake. I know we all make mistakes. But here's the deal. Don't do it again. Stop doing it. Just stop. Just stop. 
Verse 9, and he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written. Who said for it is written? In the conversation, in the dialogue back and forth, who said it is written? Satan did. He knows the word front to back. He knows it completely. He's a master. He's a great scholar. He's watched it from the beginning. The most beautiful, amazing creation ever been created by all by God. It was the devil. He ain't no scary looking thing with nasty and pitchful. That's not the devil. The devil is a, is a star of light. He's beautiful. He's 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 everything you could ever dream and, and imagine. He's, he's all fulfilling in his mind. He's all satisfying in his mind. But he's a liar and the father of lies. The great deceiver. Here he is attacking Jesus himself. He takes the word of God and he, he tempts God with it. He tempts Christ with it. His words quoted over from Psalm 91. Yes, those were Psalm 91 scriptures, but those were verses that are completely taken out of context. The context there is not to tempt God. Go do this. Go mess up and see what, watch God work. That's what Satan was saying do. He said he took it and he twisted it and he manipulated it. And we wonder, we wonder why people go through life and miss Christ. You don't have to fully, completely surrender and devote yourself to be a follower of Christ. No, you can just be a good person and add a little bit of Jesus and you're okay. You can, you can just, look, just go, just, just... That preacher stuff, that religious stuff, you ain't got time for that. You're good. You are good. You're okay. You said a prayer. Remember that prayer? You said a prayer. Ain't done nothing with, the, with Christ since then. Haven't committed to him. Hadn't surrendered to him. You're okay. Remember Remember at children, student, women's, men, college camp. Remember, you did all you need. Devil said it is written. He knows exactly what to do to twist it. It is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up. So that you will not strike your foot against the stones. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And Jesus said, It is said, you shall not Put the Lord your God to the test. You're like, wow, my God wins. My God, whoop. He put Satan in his place. He tore him up. Look at the next verse. When the devil had finished every temptation, 40 days fully tempting him every single day, we get three of them. But when the devil had left him, it says this, he left him until an opportune time. I'll be back. I'll be back. I ain't done with you. You wait till I get them Roman soldiers around you. They're going to beat the fire out of you. You wait, they're going to stab you. They're going to pull.
pull you. They're going to hit you. They're going to beat you. They're going to beat you to death. You will die. And he did. And for about three days, he ran around. You can only imagine he ran around. Here's the deal. You're saying, well, I, I don't like talking about the devil stuff. I know. I know. We like knowing just enough to make us feel good. And three days, he thought he had victory. And then Christ rose. And here's the thing. He can't beat Jesus, and he knows that. But he ain't going to stop at us. He's not going to stop. While Paul says, look, I, I just got to press on. I ain't there yet. I got to press on. Until I see it, until I reach that face and see him face to face and reach that glorified state, I got to press on. Guys, I don't know where you are. But I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus for all of us that we're not in the snare and in the hands and in the trap and in the lie and in the deception of the evil one, the enemy, who, yes, attacked the Savior himself for 40 days, tempting him. And when he had tried him and tempted him with every temptation, he left him, but he basically said, I'll be back. It don't stop. Get up. Get up. It don't stop. You got to just get back up. It ain't going to stop. You just got to get back up. You got to keep going. Quit playing it. You got to keep going. Quit walling in yesterday. You got to keep going. Quit thinking it's going to go away. It doesn't. Just keep going. Keep pressing on, press in on, keep pressing, keep, keep moving. Little by little, we're in a war. Just keep going, little by little. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop. Keep going. Father God in heaven, I pray right now for this body. God, we need help. We need your hand. We need your spirit. We need boldness. We need you, God, forgive us. Forgive us for falling to those temptations. You did not fail. We have a God who understands. You understand what it is. You understand what the temptations are. You were tempted in all ways. And yet we're without sin. So we have a God. We have a Savior who completely understands what we're going through down here on this earth. You understand what the temptation, what the attack, what the lies, what the manipulation, what it feels like. You fully understand it. And we plead with you right now in the name of Jesus. God, give us help. Give us strength, give us, give us power, give us boldness, give us freedom. God, give us freedom from the lie, give us freedom from the, from the bonds, from the deception. Give us freedom, Lord, help us press on. Lord, I don't know who in this world, in this room has just stopped. God, they've checked out. They're, ho they're hanging on to a lie. They're hanging on to a, a misquoted, misinterpreted, twisted view of you, God. There is no other name under heaven 
except you that we're saved. There is no other way to be saved except by simply trusting in you and depending on you and crying out to you and leaning and holding on to you and letting you be Lord. God, help us. Not that we've got there yet, but one thing we do, forgetting what lies behind, we press on to the upward call of Christ. Help us, Lord, to press on to the upward call of Christ. God, forgive us. God, help us. God, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.